0: The Other Germany, the GDR. Conversations with Margot Honecker by Louis Corvalon.
1: Chapter 5 Public Education. You were Minister of Education for the GDR for more than twenty years. I imagine that in this field they had to face serious problems and, of course, the great task of educating the new generations in democratic principles. We can start by talking about the first steps taken in this regard.
0: The first measures of democratization of the school were taken in 1946, when the territory of the GDR was still a Soviet occupation zone. In the Potsdam Treaty of 1945, the three leading powers of the anti-Hitler coalition, the USSR, the United States, and Great Britain determined that the necessary conditions should be created for the Germany of the future, so that Germany could never again threaten its neighbors or the maintenance of peace in the world. The anti-fascists and Democrats made that commitment, and since then they have worked to free the entire system of education from fascist scourges. Building on progressive pedagogical ideas, They strived to ensure that all children have a unified and scientific education and to closely link education with life. The anti fascist democratic educational reform belongs to the process of the great revolutionary changes in German history. Its content was and is a valuable contribution to the creation of a democratic Germany. She only became a reality in eastern Germany.
1: What did they do to democratize the school and end the eminently elitist, irrational, anti-humanist, and powerful education that existed during Hitler's reign? From the outset, I must tell you that we received a chaotic legacy.
0: In the spring of 1945, no educational institution was functioning. There were no notebooks or schoolbooks. Many schools were destroyed. Consequently, we started by taking a series of steps to rearm teaching and create a democratic school. It was necessary to prepare a new generation of teachers committed to humanism and democracy. Thus arose a state and secular system, which began by building a compulsory school of eight years. After some time, it was ten years, and all children in the GDR came to it, regardless of their social origin in the parents' income, as well as their beliefs. To implement it, a great deal of material and personal efforts were required. Based on the progressive ideas of great pedagogues, all children and young people were assured of a scientific education, linking integral formation closely with life.
1: This was a fundamental change in the conception and orientation of teaching.
0: Obviously the dominant circles of the past had secured a monopoly on instruction and not only on higher education. Even if there had been a law in Germany establishing the compulsory school of eight years, in the villages it was very common to have a single classroom school in which the children of the peasants were taught from two to nine years, taught by a single teacher. And this, according to the principle. Arranged by the landowners, according to which it was sufficient, one beast in front and another behind the plow. Giving rise to a new, eminently democratic school meant, then, abolishing the injustice suffered for centuries by the children of workers and peasants, and overcoming the backwardness of education in the villages, creating the conditions for all children to have the same opportunities to be educated
1: and what about preschool education? During the ages of three and six, all children
0: whose parents so wished could attend a kindergarten free of charge. Until 1989, 95% of children in this age group attended a preschool institution. The children were cared for by professional kindergartners and were prepared in a broad sense for school. Through play, through multiple activities and according to their age they were introduced to the learning process the task of preschool education was to influence the bodily and intellectual abilities of children to develop their fantasy and aesthetic possibility all this naturally in close cooperation with parents from the beginning everything was based on the close relationships between school and home in all the institutions elected representatives of the parents' function. These elections were held annually or biannually.
1: I know that you paid a great deal of attention to the vocational training of young people. Indeed it was. In
0: addition to the compulsory 10-year education at the Polytechnic School, a multidisciplinary vocational education system, and different options for preparation for higher education schools, And universities were added. Most students received a two to three year professional education. They came from socialist enterprises and also from communes, and they learned a profession from skilled laborers. Under the special direction of specialized teachers and professors, they received knowledge in professional theory and skills in professional practice. These young people also found open the different ways to receive and continue an improvement by visiting schools of higher specialties. Vocational training was free of charge. All this was normal in the GDR. For those born in the GDR, it was simply ancient history that in Germany, there had been differences between the education given to the children of the poor and that given to the children of the rich. In 1959, after extensive discussions with the community, The Socialist School Development Act was enacted. This law was aimed at achieving higher quality teaching and then at completing the humanist content of the natural and social sciences in order to open them up to the education of school children. Then, the 10-grade school was made compulsory. Appropriate buildings had to be built on a large scale and a large number of professors with a higher scientific standard were trained.
1: How long until they realized all this?
0: Making the 10-year compulsory school a reality in all parts of the city and the countryside lasted 15 years. Our state was not rich at that time. We lacked everything. And when it came to children, the future, he didn't skimp on the costs. It was not always easy and not everyone immediately understood the need to make leaps and bounds in the education system. Some spoke of the excess of education, and also a part of the parents doubted at the beginning about whether their children had to learn so much and study for such a long time. It took many years for education to receive a high value in society until it became a necessity of life. Companies' expectations for a higher quality of work grew steadily, and the democratic cooperation of all also required greater knowledge. In 1965, the House of the People passed the Law of the Unified Socialist System of Education, which was the beginning of a qualitatively higher stage. There was an extensive school network, kindergartens and nursery rooms in all large and small towns, and, for children in small villages, free centralized schools of the same standard as those that existed in the cities. As part of our housing program, schools and kindergartens had to be built first, so that when the houses were occupied, the children would immediately have their schools or garden. Specially equipped premises were built for children from small villages, guaranteeing them the same level of education as in the city and naturally free of charge. Over the years, schools became closely linked to and supported by companies and cooperatives based on the common goal of linking youth to real life and bringing them closer to production and professional development.
1: You spoke to me a moment ago about the attention you pay to the vocational training of young people. My question is this, after graduating from vocational schools, what job opportunities did young people have? After
0: technical education leading to the apprenticeship of a skilled trade, All young people obtained a job. This was assured. Every company was obliged to have jobs available. Already in the course of the last year of education, the young people and their parents concluded an employment contract with the companies. This was also a simple routine in the GDR. Today, however, in the largest and richest Germany, it is no more than a dream for many young people. No one among us knew about the concern about getting trained and a job.
1: Did the people who worked also have the possibility of studying? There was an extensive
0: network of establishments for the further development of adults. In industry academics, for example, there were courses for women with more comfortable study conditions. In addition, there were popular high schools an
1: old tradition in Germany that we
0: continue to cultivate.
1: And what possibilities were there for disabled, or children with different needs, as they're also called?
0: You should also be aware that the care of mentally or physically disabled children was not the responsibility of charitable bodies. The state considered it among its duties. Thus, in the years between 1979 and 1989 alone, Twelve schools for the physically disabled were built with modern medical and pedagogical facilities. And there was a network of schools for the blind and deaf and impaired. There were also boarding schools for
1: orphaned children
0: or families with problems.
1: What did children and young people do outside of school? What did they take up their free time for? For them, there were clubs and schools in multiple institutions
0: outside schools, in industries and scientific institutions, in school academics, in universities, and there were, in addition, museums, theaters, special concerts for children, etc. Through all this, they could channel their interests, educate themselves, and spend their free time with creative sense. Much was also done to make the children have joyful holidays. Travel did not depend on parents' money. The unions were concerned that, annually, nearly 1 million children would be recreated in more or less 3,000 places of recreation enabled for them and built in conjunction with the companies. These had facilities so that children with their parents could spend their holidays. Thus, there were many possibilities to occupy free time in good shape. But we were not satisfied with it the needs of young people especially those between the ages of 14 and 16 were increasing their interests were varied and full of expectations
1: that's the age of awakening and the interest in knowing where we're coming from and where we're going exactly
0: already such an age worries young people with questions of philosophy there were courses in philosophy but they were too dry and offered little room for discussion. Interest in problems related to the history of culture and religions, as was as ethical and ecological issues, had grown. Such matters were dealt with in education, but education alone could not meet the needs of young people to exchange views on the problems of concern to them. And we still lacked a sufficiently differentiated network of optional courses to attend to it as we wanted.
1: It's not so easy to fully satisfy the aspirations of teenagers that age.
0: It's not easy. The totality of the scientific technical development and the process of cultural and spiritual development that arose in the world required us, at the end of the 70s, new reflections on the conceptions about education and an exhaustive analysis of pedagogical practice both in positive and negative moments. A more advanced concept of education was discussed and worked on in a broad community work of scientists from different disciplines and pedagogues. In 1981, the transformations in pedagogical practice began. In the course of these works, a number of theoretical problems arose to clarify, which universally were also in the discussion and what today as I perceive it, still are. They debated how the general education school should react to the changes that were taking place in scientific and technical development and how, from the perspective of its role as a general educator, it should
1: assume such development. And when it was put into practice, how was it reflected in the study plan? We made a new
0: distribution of schedules in the different subjects. We assign 18% to the German language, to literature, 10%, music and the art, 6.8%, to the different social sciences, 10.9%, and to foreign languages, 11%. The relationship between general education and special education, between compulsory classes and optional classes, produced controversies. Most scientists and pedagogues spoke for a broad and solid general education the discussion about the need to do much more to develop talents and abilities grew. Pedagogues and psychologists, theorists and practitioners were interested in answering the question of how and by what means the difference and variety of children's personality could be observed and enhanced and promoted. That means seeing in the student not the subject, but the subject of education, And transforming this into pedagogical practice requires starting with the development needs of each child and carefully observing individual talents. Thousands of GDR teachers who assumed their task with knowledge and love accomplished a great deal, but it took a lot more scientific work and more time to accomplish it. The classes that imparted scientific knowledge about society were intended to show its development. Up to the present, our conception about teaching and also school texts did not sufficiently clarify the fact that development takes place amid contradictions. It was difficult for teachers to make historical events understandable changes. The teachers cared daily to interest young people in political affairs. This required new programs and taking into account the many new proposals that were being made. They are problems that cannot be solved in a few decades. It is true. In 40 years of socialism, the solution of some problems was still pending, as they could only be solved in a more mature social process. Some correct theoretical postulates do not necessarily mean their implementation at the same time. A problem that was also widely discussed was how a vision of the world is transmitted how the formation of moral characteristics should be and how to develop character and feelings starting from the positive of the good in each schoolboy in this sense the classes aimed to communicate knowledge about society and its development up to the present the concrete history our theoretical conception expressed in school texts also had flaws and showed that our knowledge was insufficient and did not fully clarify The relationships and the development of contradictions. There were difficulties in making ever-changing historical events understandable. Teachers aroused the interest of young people in contingent policy issues, but this required new programs and the discussion of many interesting proposals,
1: and that no longer depended on them alone. Did education have a clear democratic and social orientation and did it carry a vision of the world? School development was marked by the profound changes
0: that took place in society. It was possible due to social transformations and it acted on them progressively influencing social evolution. That our school educated for socialism, that we were determined to include the youth in the mental search for how our society can be advanced. We never made a secret of this we have never denied that we sensitized the youth to take a stand for the oppressed in the world and for progress. We guided it in values such as justice, solidarity, respect for the human being, sincerity, that is, in those ethical values that have their due place in our moral conception, which corresponded to the express interests of the parents, whether they were socialists or Christians, the objectives and contents of school and education were always impregnated with social interests. It is proven that nowhere is there a depoliticized school. It always reflects the interests of society and also in socialist society.
1: Let me tell you that I personally knew and felt how you educated the new generations and the entire town in those values. Singing tests. In the years I was in prison, many thousands of children from the GDR wrote to me, expressing their solidarity, and in January 1977, when I arrived in Berlin, a month after I went into exile, I received numerous samples of those feelings, including a wooden figure, which I keep with great affection, and which was carved by a prisoner from the Buchenwald concentration camp. It is the most valuable and dear thing I have. The donor expressed to me in a moving letter. It was a beautiful and eloquent gesture. You know very well that in an ethical and moral education, the family also plays an important role. Can you talk about that?
0: The family is irreplaceable, but education is a matter for the whole of society. Very contradictory processes take place in society, which in one way or another positively or negatively, influence the youth. Our society, we never deny that, was far from perfect, if only for the fact that social development constantly creates new problems. In social relationships and in human customs, something new always arises. In our ideological work, there were some things worthy of criticism. There was formalism. We had formal methods in working with teachers and school children. Much was detected, mentioned, but not changed.
1: Does this mean that in youth, there was a breeding ground for anti-socialism that was expressed in the events of 1989? Young people, of course, had fewer experiences than their parents.
0: They only knew capitalism from books and hoped they could reform socialism. We had the deep conviction that socialism was irreversible, and when criticism was made of the leadership of the party, And the government, the youth naturally took the floor. Why shouldn't young people feel confused, resigned, disappointed? Should they have behaved differently when socialist society disintegrated everywhere and was finally transformed into capitalist society? When the first expressions of hatred towards foreigners appeared, also in the eastern part of Germany, the press media lost their speech. Then they tried to give the impression that the imposed anti-fascist education, as they called it, had been wrecked. Anti-fascism was, indeed, GDR state policy and teaching orientation. The social climate was determined by the rejection of all fascist thought. No one can seriously deny that what was resolved in Potsdam was consequently applied only in the GDR. The war criminals were expropriated. The land of the Junkers a dangerous breeding ground for german militarism was handed over to the peasants the fascist ideology and its spokesmen were removed from the state administration public education and justice no failure gives rise to charge against the education of the gdr talk about its failure and attack the youth
1: in the old federal republic of germany the nazis were not touched and Nazism was not fought. But today it has been seen that Federal Republic Germany jurists
0: who refuse to rule on anti-fascist trials speak of anti-fascist law and are now failing against GDR jurists because they once tried war murderers. Fascist organizations are allowed today. The German army bears the names of fascist generals Friends of peace who opposed rearmament and armaments were banned from their professions. Among them were tens of thousands of communists and other progressive men, many of whom were persecuted during Nazism during the Cold War era. Thousands of them were sentenced to long prison terms. It has returned to past practices that we believed disappeared, as in 1953, when Joseph Angenfort was convicted. And imprisoned for five years, who was a parliamentarian and enjoyed immunity. Because he led the free youth of West Germany, or when a girl who came out in favor of thousands of children finding distraction in holiday resorts in the GDR was sent to prison for a year. After the demise of the GDR, this policy was practiced in the
1: East. The most painful and shameful thing. Is without a doubt the comparison at the same level of fascism and socialism that is made after the change. They demonize the GDR as if it had been a state outside the law. They show it as a brutal dictatorship trying to match the fascist dictatorship. They present it as something abominable in the history of humanity, in the same way that they defame the state They discriminate against people who worked for a better human society. With the defamation of the GDR described
0: as a state on the fringes of the law and as a fascist totalitarian dictatorship, the most cruel in the history of humanity, they have tried to muddy what was a humanist state. And now it is about defaming and discriminating against the people of the GDR. Those who, with their ability and effort, created that human society. This is how you want to forget those who made the greatest sacrifices in the fight against Hitler's fascism. It is no coincidence that in 1995, during the 50th anniversary of the triumph over German fascism, there was no talk of Liberation Day. In keeping with the reactionary spirit of this shameful way of equating fascism and socialism, Well-known right-wing politicians demanded to remember this day as the beginning of the exile of terror and the new oppression in the East. The streets and squares that reminded us of the anti-fascists had their names taken away. The history of the concentration camps has been falsified, the asylum laws suppressed, and the latter is based on the suggestion that foreigners are responsible for the accelerated social decomposition and increasing unemployment, ignoring the true causes of their ills, such as the deindustrialization of East Germany deliberately caused. The nationalist ideology has spread under the slogan of the great responsibility of Germany. Neo Nazis have spread eastward. Today, again, German soldiers are marching in other countries. That is German policy. Such is the terrain in which the fascist ideology grows. Youth is not guilty, but politics. The idea of greater Germany hides the German claim to run the world. It is the breeding ground for aggression and violence. Youth who come from good homes can also be susceptible to all of this. It must be added that part of the population in the East has fallen into a deep psychological crisis, as a result of which, in a way, his social being has been turned upside down overnight, just as it happened with the occupation of the GDR. Suddenly, there the rules of life of capitalist society were valid, where each one is his neighbor, where everything is formed into merchandise, where the measure of all things is money. Today, unemployment prevails through Germany, and therefore existential fear and insecurity about the future. The social climate favors demagoguery, with the addition of the fascist parties and their small groups standing up as the representatives of the interests of the East German people. Under this climate emerge the demonstrations of force and a favorable climate for the extreme right, as in 1933. The situation of poverty, the layoff of hundreds of thousands, serves the national socialists who with their demagoguery tried to manipulate the people and youth. According to official data, between the years 1992 to 1994, more than 20,000 Nazi criminal acts took place, and almost 80% of the fires against foreigners' homes between 1993 and in nineteen ninety four have not yet been cleared. Emil Karlbach, an internationally recognized German anti-fascist, prisoner of the Buchenwald concentration camp, in his book, Hitler was not an industrial accident, unmasks the roots of the development of fascism and reaches the conclusion, valid for the current situation, that Germany not only needs a democratic enlightenment and education, but at the same time, an anti-fascism enshrined in the law, if we do not want to have a second 1933.
1: Perhaps, can you give us some final words on the educational subject?
0: Well, as I said, we are aware of some deficiencies in our work that can be judged more harshly with distance. Those of us who were responsible for the education of youth, we frequently postulated Lenin's assertion that each generation reaches socialism by different paths. But we do not always apply this criterion in its entirety. Sometimes we took as knowledge and experienced things that could not have arisen in socialism, and, on the other hand, we often did not discuss the problems of young people's own experiences drawn from social reality this does not change the fact that when it comes to talking about human rights and education is one of them in the gdr they were not only guaranteed on paper but thanks to great efforts they were also a reality this cannot be forgotten today it saddens me to see how with the occupation of the gdr its schools were pushed into the conservative school system of the old gdr in how thousands of experienced teachers committed to humanism were removed from the school service. Scientists were replaced by those of the Federal Republic of Germany, and academics and universities were
1: occupied in their entirety. Does this leave you pessimistic about the future?
0: I trust the teaching workers. Although our school reform begun in the 1980s, was abruptly interrupted. I am sure that a modern school cannot ignore the wealth of experiences of the GDR school. In the history of the German school, progressive pedagogues always led the struggle for a democratic and humanistic education. They committed themselves to democratic reforms and this struggle was fought until the limits imposed by bourgeois society were shaken.
1: Thank you for listening to this original translation from the People's School for Marxist-Leninist Studies. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Join us on Discord and visit peopleschool.org
0: to sign up for free classes.